white and blue. We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim very high, then our football story will echo with glory. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 6. I'm Jack and it's a family podcast today where I'm joined by my old man. Hello, good evening. So this is episode four for you, is that right? Fourth time I've been on. Fourth time on, fourth time on. And you were on earlier in the season. Can you remember what what one that was after, what game that was after? Was it after West Brom? I think it was before that. It was October time, I think. Yeah, October, November time. So it's been a while. Um, So I thought we'd just do a quick recap for anybody that's not heard you on before. Because you've been a season ticket holder for... How many years? Uh, since 1982. So a decent stint then uh, of going to Spurs. So I thought we'd do a quick recap of why you support Spurs and then your favourite players and just sort of favourite memories and that from down the years. So let's start off with why you're a Spurs fan. Well, a bit like you, Jack, it was passed on to me from my, from my mum and dad, um, all big Spurs supporters. And obviously when you come along, it was the same for you. Um, you were forced into it as well yeah. and you didn't have no choice forced into it and have you got a, like a favourite thing about supporting Spurs so not necessarily like a player or a goal but is there anything else that's sort of like that this is just why I love supporting Spurs because for me it's like the atmosphere at a big derby or is it like the history of the club or is there a favourite thing you've got about actually supporting Spurs I think it's all of it it is the history and the atmosphere and it is actually the buzz you get first game of the season when you go down to the lane um, and you walk up the stairs and you see the ground, for, and you never lose that buzz. Is that buzz the? Is it the same now as what it was thirty five years ago, or yep. is it bigger? Or? No, it is. But you, you, you get your little spells where you become a little bit disillusioned. Um, certain things give you the hump with the team's not playing well. But you know, fortunately enough, at the moment we, we've got a decent team. Yeah, and like you said, you've been going for. A, Number number of decades actually we could, we could say make you feel even well, since, older. Yeah, since since nineteen seventy sixty nine seventy season I think was my first time I went. So yeah, when I was four, so I'm not not that old. So a long yeah. time ago, long time um, ago. So you'd have seen a array of brilliant players, brilliant goals, brilliant matches. Favorite player? I think you agree with Statter on this one. Oh yeah, Glenn Glenn Odd was the best. Best player ever to wear a Tottenham shirt, in my opinion. And what what makes him the best player that you've ever seen? Um, probably, pro- he was probably twenty years before his time, really, because now he would be an absolute global superstar. He would end up playing for Madrid or Barcelona. So is that because for someone? And obviously, I've never seen him live. I've just seen clips. Is he was that good? He could in the modern day he would be a number 10 and he'd be up there with the best sort of attacking midfielders in oh, the world. Oh, without, without doubt. The, the, the range of passing, long passes especially, both feet as well. Um, as you say, if you look on YouTube, you can see goals scored from outside the box, but with both feet. Most players still have only got one strong foot. David Beckham um, lived a life for me for many years because he only had one foot. Mm. Um, Glenn... Didn't matter, come on his left foot, he'd strike it from 25 yards of his left foot. It's simple as that. And obviously, like systems and formations and style of football is completely different then. If he, was to, if he was to play in our current team, where would he play? Would he be in the Dembele deep line playmaker, getting the ball for back four, starting attacks, or would he be the alley? I mean, up there with the striker, scoring lots of goals? Where would he fit in the current for, team? For me, he'd be deep line because he, he, he'd not got. He'd not got great pace, but he was his brain was clever. 
a bit like Teddy Sheringham. I was going to say, is he? Obviously, it's not quite the same, but a bit like Van der Vaart ish. Yeah, kind not of like that. Not that quick, brilliant on the ball, scored all types of yeah, goals. Yeah, he, he just always seemed to have two, three more seconds than any other player on the ball. Simple as that, you yeah. know. And, and having the advantage of being able to play with both feet. Um, if I liken it to the goal that Iron Robin scored against Woolwich last week, everyone knows that he's a left-footed player, so you would cover the left foot. Mm. With Glenn, you couldn't do that. Mm. Um, anybody else, any other players, maybe not necessarily the, the best player in the world, but just somebody you really liked? Because for me, someone like Scott Parker never, wasn't the greatest player, but you just you just loved watching him because it meant so much to him. Is there anyone from back in the day that's th- like that? I think when I was young, like my so-called hero was Martin Chivers, and probably because when when you're young, you you like players that score all the goals, really. Um, so you know that's why Big Chiv was 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 great, and and obviously we've had the pleasure to meet him a few years back, and he was as nice then as you know what we always thought he was going to be like. But yeah, yeah he was he's a, he was. And he had one year in particular, I think it was this 71-72 season, where he was just unstoppable, absolutely unstoppable. There was a brilliant um, My Sport in Life, which I have on a Sunday night, talk sport, um, which was about him. It was about not just his footballing career, but about his life. Because he was at Southampton, wasn't he? That was where we signed him from. Um, and he had a really bad injury, didn't he, as a, yeah. as a youngster? And I, had, I knew nothing about that until I heard this interview, to actually be able to at the time when he was playing, come back from really serious injury, which at that uh, in in those days was a career-threatening injury. I think it might have been a cruciate. It was. Um, it knee. was. And um, he, he, I think he, it's not long after he signed for us, and then he, he was out for just about a, a year. And you didn't have the modern technology now, the keyhole and all of that type of thing. You ended up with a great big scar on your knee. And well, most of the time, a bad injury like that meant you, you were pretty much done. Yeah, you? you'd never yeah. be the same player again. Yeah. So to even come back yeah. and be able to play for Spurs, let alone score the goals he did, was pretty good. Um, we were talking uh, before we started recording a minute ago that you can't actually remember what your first game is, which is quite, uh, quite no, a, it's frustrating. Any is, any like guesses as to what it might have been? Because you remember what what season would it have been? It's the sixty nine seventy season, so it would have been the seventy. Or it might have just drifted in. We'd been around 1970 when I was five. That's when I first started going mm. and was taken. And I can remember, you, you know, the, the, the Pat Jennings, you know, um, that team. The can, early 70s, the League Cup winning team. Can you remember, like, as a kid, what it was like going to the lane? Because you talked earlier about, like, the, you've never lost the buzz of going. But, like, can you remember the feeling of being a kid and going? And, like, do you still, is, is that the feeling you still get it, now? It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot different then because it was standing. And, and and my dad used to have, he made up like a stall for us to stand on a collapsible stall so that we could get behind a barrier and, and stand on it and have half a chance of seeing things. Because if you played the big London derby games, it wasn't all ticket. They crammed as many as they could. And you had to just stand and hopefully you could see. And there wasn't the, the big screens and things like mm. that. If you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. And not all the games were televised either in them days. Only three or four were televised each weekend. And what's your view on bringing back safe standing zones in football? Because it's a big talking point and a lot of people are like, bring it back, you'll get the atmospheres and all that. But for me, I mean, I never experienced standing. The only standing experiences really I've had at games is going to away games where you stand for the full game. Is safe standing something that you'd want to see back or do you think we're, we're past it now? I, I personally think we're past it. 
I think um, I think after Hillsborough and you know the legislation that was brought in for the all-seater grounds, um, I didn't like it at the time. I don't think anyone did, um, but I think you get used to your own seat, your own space, and I like that. You know, it used to be you know you could go down to the loo at half time in the old days and, and your space was gone. Mm. Whereas you've got your own little area and your space now. I think some safe standing works. They're trying it at Celtic and it seems to be working quite well. I think it's it's better because you still have got your own kind of seat number. You just flip the seat up and you're standing where you would in your seat. So as you quite rightly say, it is like being in an away game where you do tend to stand the full 90 mm. minutes. What's changed the most in football from when you were going as a kid in the 70s to then obviously you'll have experienced the not so nice part of football in the 80s when hooliganism was pretty big to then modern day football now where it's a lot more corporate like what's been what's been the biggest change I I would honestly say the amount of the women that go to football now is one of the Mm. big things I mean in our family my mum always used to go and still does even at 70 and my dad's 78 and he still goes regularly um, and, I, and I do think that the creation of seats and it's nice when you go to Spurs and there's a cup game and a lot of season ticket holders choose not to go and you see lots of parents with kids and things like that and that is your future um, supporters so you need to you need to encourage uh, cheap tickets and, and bring people along for them type of games we've talked about your favourite player being Glenn um, favourite goal Oh, I, I've said this before, I think, on the pod. And it's difficult. All the great goals that Glenn scored, it's definitely the Ricky Veer in the cup final. Mm. Because for me, you know, um, I was 16 at the time and to win the cup um, was absolutely fantastic. So, you know, arguably that is, it's my favourite goal. For, I mean, Gaza's free kick in the semi-final. Yeah. Lucky enough to be at that game as well. That was fantastic. But um, I think any goal that wins a cup is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then I like to this as well. So not only a favourite game that you've been to, which might I imagine it will be a cup final win, but also a worst game. So let's start with a favourite game. Um, yeah, any 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 cup final win. So both the both well the three FA Cups um, that I've been lucky enough to see us win live, um, and the UEFA Cup I've seen us win live, and I think it's three um, League Cups. I can go right back. What's the best out of all of them? Probably, uh, probably the Man City replay. Mm. I think because it was where no one could get a ticket, including us, for the first game, uh, which is why I got my season ticket the following year, so I was guaranteed cup final tickets. Um, And then for it to go to a replay when the normal fan could go, Mm. and I think the the atmosphere and that really made it a difference. And it it was a little spell at the early 80s when there was a replay, it seemed like, nearly every year. But then the genuine fan could could go there, so so that was that was always good. And that's such a strange concept to me. Like, is it good that cup finals are now just a one-off game? I think it is now. I, I, I it's a difficult one. You know, I think in England we don't generally get teams playing for penalties. Um, we've seen it in the World Cup. Unless your name's Jose Mourinho. Well, yeah, you get lots of players behind the ball. But I, I it'd be interesting to see actually, Jack, how the. Um, quarterfinals of the cup um, span out this year you know if, if say you know Lincoln are nil-nil and it goes into extra time you know are they going to try and play for penalties and things like that mm. or, or you know dare I say it Millwall at Tottenham mm. you know so that, that'd be quite interesting I think and then so we've done your, fa- your favourite 
a goal, favourite player, favourite game, worst game? Because this is always quite an interesting oh, one. I, I'm, I'm, I guess it's a, a heavy London derby defeat. Heavy, like, I can pick out, I've seen this unfortunately lose 5 0 at home to Woolwich. I was at that game. 6 1 at home to Chelsea. That was a truly dreadful experience. So if I had to say to you this season, FA Cup final, we're going to lose 5 0 to Arsenal or 6 1 to Chelsea. What one would you rather? I'd sooner lose to Millwall, I think, in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, any other any other worst games? Because I, I just like to hear... You always tell me stories about games where you've gone to an away match and travelled hundreds of miles on a Monday night and we've lost 1-0 at a place like that. Are there any absolute stinkers I'll, like that? I'll pick out a couple of cup games. Um, there was a 1-0 defeat at Bradford oh. back in the... And then a, a, a 2-1 defeat at Port Vale. That was in the Terry Venables era. That was absolutely horrendous. That is horrendous. Um, and that was when we had a really, really poor team, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, any, any, I've seen it. I've actually seen us lose a cup game at South End, but scrape through on, but scrape through on away goals um, in the two-legged League Cup and at Lincoln as well. Um, I think we won the first. We played Lincoln in the League Cup back in the 80s, over two legs. And I know we lost, I think we lost up there 2-1, but we'd won 3-1 at home. Was, it, was so you at that? Or was yes, that? yes. So you've yeah. been... you've been. All of them games I've mentioned, so I was actually at. Yeah. So you were, you were probably hoping that we avoided Lincoln in the cup away because you're like, I've already been there. Well, it's one of the... But it, it don't count as one of the 92 grands at the yeah, moment. That's great. I, I, I had no you idea know. you'd been to Lincoln. That's a new one. If you're I'm, the I'm, only person I know that's been Lincoln I'm hoping, away. I'm hoping that Lincoln and Tramia come up this year because then that'll be two more grounds that I've already been to mm. and already don't go down yeah fingers crossed the O's managed to stay up and um, we've got a couple of games to talk about um, from last week so first of all Ghent which was on your birthday not it the best was. Birth, not no. the best birthday no. present um, happy 7th as well by the way um, <laughs> when what happened in that game because it was a it, I find the Europa League really really strange because the pace is so much slower um, there's never as many chances the turnover of possession is always a lot higher than a Premier League game um, and it just seems that we can't stamp our style in Europe this season be that Champions League or Europa League you think of the intensity that we play in the Premier League like the games against Man City and Chelsea the ones we've won we've come out the blocks flying we've pressed we've been quick on the ball attacked with real pace and we've been pretty deadly and then you get the games in the Champions League and in the Europa League and we just really struggled to get any sort of rhythm going like think, yeah, what went wrong in that game I think the Europa League's I think it's a mindset with the Europa League um, it is like you know the Division 2 in Europe and so um, are we complacent in them games did we yeah, go into that possibly. thinking we can just knock it about and we'll be fine I don't think there's any I don't think there's any easy games in football who, who you play and I think the Europa League I think we all look and think oh it's a Belgium team I mean your brother was saying this mid-table uh, we'll steamroll them over we can put all our kids in and beat mm. them it don't quite work like well, bearing that bearing in mind as well this was a Ghent team that made nine changes to their first 11 mm. because they're struggling in the league so this was a this was almost a, a weakened Ghent team mm. against a full strength Spurs side and they might not be a great team on paper but you, you've got to be a decent team to get out of your group because bearing in mind Southampton who are a good Premier League team they didn't get out of their Europa League group so to actually get into the knockout stages, you've got to be a half-decent team because you've got to have won 
games in your group stage. I think I think with I think it's the same with the Champions League. I think there's a lot of teams that are quite equal, and I think you always get teams beating each other and the odd surprise. And you know you've got to concentrate on winning your own games, uh, like we did when we was in the Champions League last time round. We just went out and you know, and it is it is absolutely vital to win your three home games. Mm. You win your three home games in 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 your group. You technically really only need one draw away from home. You're pretty much push you through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a frustrating one. I mean, we'll come on to Fulham in a minute. But what's the priority for you? Is it Europa League or is it FA Cup or is it we don't need to pick? We can compete in both. What do you think? I want us to go for both. I think we're good enough to 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 finish in the top four. I I don't like saying top four. I want to finish in the top three. Because then you don't have the lottery of the qualifying round mm. in the Champions League, and one English team will come unstuck at some point in that. Um, I, I'd like to see us go for both the um, both the cup competitions. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the FA Cup in a minute, mm. but with the uh, Europa League, it is tough. But it is only a, a midweek game. You know, if we get through this game, we could have. And it's only six more matches to the final. Yeah. So it's not that many more games. You know, mm-hmm. everyone makes a, a you know a huge thing about it, but it isn't that. You know, six, half a dozen games. You know, is not, neither here or there really. Nine hours of football in it really. Yeah. And I think as well, um, Gareth, friend of the show, made a really really good point as well on our Echoes Glory WhatsApp group, um, and just said although one nil is a poor first leg result. He said he'd still rather be in Spurs shoes than in Ghent's. Because he was like, come back to Wembley, 1-0 down. Really, all you've really got to do is win on the night and you'll get through. Whereas Ghent had an opportunity against us, narrowly won, could end up not being enough. So I think it's a, as he said, football has a funny way of making you think about stuff. But I think that's a really good point. I mean, 1-0, we've got to win... 2-0 or 3-1 on the night you'd think I, I we'd think have the, enough to do that I think the away go, goal's vital Jack I think you know if we'd have gone down 2-1 that would have been a much better result I, I, I really think the, the away goal you know is, is so so important you mm. know um, they will have chances at, at Wembley and we just hope that they don't put their chances mm. away if we play to our potential then, then we'll be okay you know we need the crowd to get behind I think 7,000 Against against uh, um, yeah. fans coming over, I think there's sixty five thousand tickets sold. I mean, yeah, we, we know they're cheap. And that's why they've gone. But you still got you know best I'm part at, of sixty thousand yeah, you know Spurs supporters behind the team. So you know we get behind the team, we should get through. I'm actually really looking forward to the game first because I, I think I, I was in the minority. I really enjoyed Champions League at Wembley. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But huge amount of Spurs fans. I thought the atmosphere was brilliant. Obviously, when we went goals down in games obviously it changes but that's football but I really enjoyed it and hopefully Thursday night's exactly the same I know a lot of like genuine fans that aren't necessarily season to holders and, and aren't able to go every game because of financial reasons and all that but have managed to get tickets for this for a fiver and you think actually I could see the atmosphere being really really good good there at Wembley on Thursday so do you think we'll turn it around? Yeah I do I'm quite confident actually after the way we played at the weekend mm. Um, he'll have to play a full, you know, a strong team again. But then we're getting to the business end of the season. You know, play your strong team. You know, I don't want to what, see. What you team know. Would, would you be full strength as in Loris, Walker, Toby, oh, and absolutely, absolutely. You wouldn't. She wouldn't change anything until you'd be no. completely. I think Kieran Trippier is going to be. If he's left out, 
on on Thursday. I think he'd be a bit unlucky, but that, that's that's the way it is at the moment. Mm. You know, um, I don't know whether we we'll change it. We might go to three at the back, but we see uh, you know Ben Davis playing, you know, kind of like in a left midfield attacking role. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see us go that way. Mm. You know, I'd I'd like to see us go that way. Um, and then, and probably even push Dembele on a little bit further. Mm. In the, it's tough. You still, you know, arguably Sun's got to play because you know, we need the goals. You need the goal scorers out in there. Mm. So it, it's quite difficult how you juggle the team around. Yeah. You know, my my guess is he'll probably go the flat back four, mm. um, and and Eric Dyer may miss out, but we'll yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. I'm I'm confident as well going into it. Hopefully, we can turn it around. Um, but it'll be great night under the lights, Wembley, European tie, big game. Like I'm, I'm really, conf- yeah, really, I'm looking, really looking forward, forward to, to it. I'm looking forward to it. It should week. be, it should be a good one. Um, then the other game we've got to talk about is the FA Cup tie, Fulham on Sunday, which we were lucky enough to actually go to. Um, so we tried to get tickets uh, in the allocated Spurs section, but weren't able to. But managed to for a, a friend that I've got at work, managed to get tickets in the neutral end of Fulham. So for anybody that doesn't know. Um, the away end and the neutral end is all in the same stand at Fulham I mean basically what happens is all of the away fans that can't get tickets in the allocated away section go into the neutral section which is what we did and uh, we had the whole stand at Craven Cottage I think there was about five, five and a half thousand Spurs fans there and it was it was absolutely brilliant it was my first experience at Craven Cottage um, never been there before always wanted to go in there in the Premier League but it was notoriously difficult ground to get tickets for so first time at Craven Cottage so we got the train over to I think it was Putney Bridge is that where we went to and then walked from Putney Bridge to Craven Cottage right down the river really nice loads of Fulham fans loads of Spurs fans all good banter there was no nastiness but it had the feeling of it's a cup tie it's a London derby but everything that's good about a London derby as opposed to when you play Chelsea it's a bit nasty and a bit aggressive this had passion and atmosphere um but in the way it should be at football um, so we got we got into the ground the ground was I, I mean it was bizarre for me because compare it to other stadiums I've been to compare it to White Hart Lane if you go down for for a beer or something at half time obviously you're all underneath you're underneath the stand yeah. you're inside whereas at Fulham you're not you're literally you're in the elements you're in the elements you're around the you, you're literally around the back of the stand yeah. and there's a pop-up bar which is serving you drinks and that's where everybody stands at half time um, but brilliant stadium had a proper old school feel about it, um, and the Spurs fans were. It was as good as a good of away atmosphere as what I've experienced myself being there. For, the support was brilliant from minute one all the way through to minute ninety. Um, obviously, we got a really really strong win, three um, 0 Kane got them all. He was absolutely quality. Um, it was just it was an all round brilliant performance, brilliant result, great away day. One of the best that I've had, to be honest, for quite a while. Um, any, I mean, anything more to add on that? Because no, you've, you've been you've been Craven Cottage before, right? Yeah, I've been there for cup games before as well. Um, um, going back to the eighties when uh, Ray Clements was in goal, he got injured, and Graham Roberts went in goal for Tottenham. There was no sub goalies in them days, mm. um, and we held on, and then we beat them at the lane. But no, it was it. I, I think what pleased me was we were on the front foot. You know, when you play these away games, and it'd be the same when we play Millwall in the next round. You know, on the front foot, straight away, yeah. and and straight away the fans and their and 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 the players are thinking. You know, we've got a we've got a tough ninety minutes in front of us. 
You know, what you don't want to do is let the, you know, let the crowd get on top and, and the players get the belief. And you could see with Fulham, I didn't think they set up properly. I thought they gave us far too much room in midfield. The second half when they come out, they put another body in midfield and it made a bit of a difference for yeah. them. But if you give the likes of Ericsson and Ali room, you, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, you know what, I'd like to talk about Ericsson actually because he was brilliant again absolutely brilliant I mean it might not have got the full credit watching it on the telly but being at the game absolutely everything that we did going forward in that game from minute one to minute 90 everything went through him even the play up the right hand side it was because he was making so many runs off the ball at no point was he marked in the whole game that he had so much time and space and Vertonghen's distribution from the back was brilliant and even the balls that were going into Ali Ali had so much room because Ericsson was so clever. He was just moving the Fulham midfield all over the place, taking him into areas they really didn't want to go. It was basically, you remember the game where we beat Chelsea 5-3? Yeah. And he was taking Matic all yeah. over the pitch and Matic couldn't get him. He did that, but, for the, but he did that to the entire Fulham midfield for yeah. the whole game. And I haven't watched the highlights back, so hopefully on the telly you, you could see that. But I mean, how, how good was he on the day? Yeah, I thought he had a good game again. And again, he, he, he sets up goals. You know, you look at the stats. Um, my mate Cole's not the biggest fan of Ericsson, so I'm going to say that. But you can't argue with the fact, again, that there's two goals set up at the weekend. And for a midfield player, it's like a forward, isn't it? If a forward goes out and scores two goals, he's done his job. Keeper keeps, keeps a clean sheet, he's done his job. So, so you know, that, that that's the important thing. And, and, you know, you're going out and you're setting up a couple of goals. You know, Ali set up a goal as well. And that's that's what your job really is as a midfield yeah. player. The only thing I will say about Ericsson um, in the last few is his lack of goals in recent weeks. I think maybe because Ali scored a few from midfield. But I think, and, and the free kicks, you know, haven't been great, I have mm. to say. Haven't been great. So, you know, I think we need to rethink our free kicks. Um Especially outside the box. I'd like to see Trippier have a go at Anybody a few. have a go at one, you know? Yeah. Anyone. Or even Toby. I sort of always have this vision that mm. Toby's going to score a 45-yard free kick mm. where he just come up and levers it and it flies in the top corner. I'm not a big fan on free kicks of, like, touching it to someone to, to lever it. I, yeah. I think you have to go first time over the wall. That's the only way you're going to score a free kick. You can try to say it fancy. They sometimes come off. Mm. That's the only thing I will say. The only criticism I've got of him at the moment. Mm. But apart from that, um, um, I thought he was outstanding. And as well, I want to talk about the fullbacks as well because Davis was well, he's coming for Rose. We've we've talked about this briefly in the last few weeks. He's coming for Rose, which is always going to be a challenge, really, for any left back to come in and try and replicate what Danny Rose is doing. He's obviously a much different left back to Rose. He's a lot more consistent defensively, solid. He doesn't bomb on an overlap. Mm. But then he never gets really ever gets caught out defensively. Um, him and Trippier, I thought, were brilliant against Fulham because what yeah, Fulham did trot do, and I thought they did it well for pro- for most of the first half. Although we created a few chances, they forced us narrow. Whenever we got the ball, they were yeah. forcing us, forcing us narrow, forcing us narrow. Um, but to be fair to both of them, and to be fair to Pochettino, they were so wide. They were on the touchline either side whenever we had the ball. And you just see Winks or Wanyama pick it up, head up, switch a play, and then they just carried the ball 15, 20 yards, and we were just camped in the Fulham half. Um, but Trippier, I mean, 
It's been a strange season for him because when he's played, he's been outstanding in pretty much every yeah, game he he's played in. And then... Had a good game at Watford, didn't he? He did. He got a couple of assists, yeah. didn't he? But all, all the games he's played in this season, he's been superb. And then the next game comes around and it always seems that he's out of the team and Walker's back in. Yeah. I mean... What what would you do for for Thursday night? Would you you keep Trippier in or do you bring Walker back? I think that's the only one for me that where there's a bit of competition about who plays. Full strength team for me on Thursday. And that's Walker. Is it? It is unfortunately Walker. Mm. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Can I, I, I mention about Harry Winks as well? Yeah. Um, because um, his performance again at the weekend was absolutely outstanding and. He's starting to remind me a little bit of uh, Modric when he was at Spurs. It, he seems to have lots of time on the ball. He's he doesn't panic. He's both feet and he moved right to left. And I've been hugely impressed with him. And uh, I know he's he's got another new contract. I think it's his third one he's got in the past year. So he, he's impressing certain people at the club to keep getting pay rises yeah. and, and new contracts. But again, it's good because that's this year's player come through the ranks so you know we hope next year we'll get someone else we did see Marcus Edwards walking around the pitch mm. he was obviously in the squad and involved on the day um, that, got you know, Carter Vickers as well who's yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's sort of breaking through a little bit he's getting so games isn't he the, you know as a fan you, that's what you want to see I know we've joked a lot recently about clubs paying over the top for what I describe as rubbish Portuguese players mm. and we've had a bit of banter and a laugh about that but you know it's, it's important that we bring young players through and it's a bit old school but it's important that we find players from the lower leagues as well because if you're paying say like we did five million for Ali you know that's five million for Milton Keynes where it's going back into the English game rather than going abroad yeah. if you think of the Two wingers we bought from France in the last two years have been pretty hopeless, both of them, and we've sent best part of twenty million pound out mm. into the French league. I think what you were saying about Winks as well. So um, Stephen Marsh, you wrote in on the Facebook page and said, "What are your thoughts on Harry Winks? And he like liking this to a certain Modric, and he does have that similar style. Where he'll get the ball, and he's 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 far from the biggest player on the pitch, but number one, he's not afraid to get stuck in, which I love. But yeah. he runs with the ball." It's a big stand, but he runs with the ball better than anyone in our midfield. He'll get it, and if there's 20 yards in front of him, he will sprint with the ball into it. And he, there's so many times in that Fulham game where we were in our half and we were struggling to break him down, and he just got the ball. There was a bit of space, and he just broke straight through the centre of the pitch. And they couldn't really handle it, to be honest. It was a really, really mature performance. Like If you'd have watched that and said... He's a 28-year-old established Premier League player. You'd have been like, yeah, yeah he is. I, I, I agree. I think if you look at Iniesta and Xavi in their pomp at Barcelona, it's quite similar. You know, they would get the ball. They play it easy when they can. When there's space in front, they're moving to that space. And, and, you know, it's basic midfield play, but not many people do it very well. It's very easy as a young player to get the ball on the halfway line, knock a square ball, rather than try and do something different. Or try and hit these Hollywood 60-yard passes, oh, yeah. which yeah. a certain player at West Ham does, yeah. which really, if you put me in the middle of the pitch and said, you can have 10 seconds on the ball, yeah. play a 60-yard ball to your fullback, it doesn't really get you anywhere. No. Um, but he had a great game, Winks. There was also some really good um, interviews with him before the game. And he was talking about his Premier League, or his footballing idol, really, when he was growing up. And that happened to be 
none other than Scott Parker. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, one of my favourite players, but obviously Winksy looked up to him a lot when he was coming through as a young player. And you can sort of see that the styles are quite similar, quite aggressive without the ball, want to get stuck in, tidy in possession. Um, and I reckon he must have been absolutely gutted because obviously he got the team sheet and Scott Parker was on the bench. Yeah. And he'd come off Winks after about 70 minutes and then Parker come on a few yeah. minutes later. So he didn't quite get to play against his... His idols, so that was a bit of a shame. But mention to Scotty Parker as well because he got a brilliant reception from the Spurs fans. Yeah, he fans did. I think that's. I, I, I quite. I, I don't have a problem with this. I mean, it'd be the same with Crouch at the weekend. I would have thought. Um, I don't have too much of a problem. I don't have too much of a problem with that. I think. Um, I think it's quite nice actually. You know, rather than booing all your ex-players you know we can we still boo one in particular yeah. but you know that's fine but, but we still but sing about one he we doesn't still, even play we anymore still yes yeah because Sydney left us 16 years ago it's still going strong and fair play to Park as well at full time he came over and he walked along the way and then clapped all yeah, the Spurs fans yeah. as well which was yeah that's which nice. was brilliant and um, one more mention as well just on that Fulham game Jan Vertonghen um, so there was rumours that he was going to be in, in the squad or he, he might start and get an hour but he played the full 90 he was absolutely magnificent for the entire game and I think Dyer's done a good job in there at centre-back. He's yeah. not been amazing. He's done well going in there considering really he's a midfielder now yeah. and he's dropped yeah. back in there. He's playing out of position a bit but you can see the difference with Vertonghen him coming back in not only defensively but attacking. When we got the ball in our back four he's in possession. He doesn't play what, what I think Dyer tends to do he takes too many touches at the back slows yeah. the game down whereas for Tongan he'll get it bang he'll play a ball into Kane or Ali and we're on the front foot straight I like, away I like to see that you know we all like to play football you know build up from the back but I like to I like to see it mixed uh, you know hit the long ball every now and again play, play it in the channels you know if, if you're not playing through midfield someone's pressuring you yeah, put a long ball forward. There's nothing wrong with playing a long, long, long ball. Nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah, um, it's just great to see that centre back partnership. Yeah, back very those good. Two, yeah. They are. I've always, I've always liked Vertonghen. I think again, he's another player that's improved under Pochettino in the last three years. It really has gone from being what I would describe as you know a good defender to a, to a very good defender. Yeah. Gone from like seven out of ten to nine out of ten. Yeah. And it says a lot as well. I think centre back is one of them positions you only truly notice how good they are when they're not in the team. And I think with Jan, the last year, 18 months, we've got a bit complacent with him. And there was, I even heard a bit of talk in the summer about us, a few fans being like, oh, is that a position we need to strengthen? And then all of a sudden he's out of the team and we don't look as solid. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really good to have him back. Um, anything else on Fulham? Um, I mean, Harry Kane, hat-trick, absolutely magnificent centre-forward display. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is Janssen. So, I mean, Pochettino came out, didn't he, in the press after the Genk game and said, I need to see more from him in training if he wants to be involved in the matchday squads. He was on the bench against Fulham. Kane got his hat-trick and come off, but, I mean, he put on Josh Onoma ahead of Janssen, yeah. um, which is, you'd look at that, I don't want to say there's no return for him, but I, I find it hard to see where in the next three or four months any game time for Janssen's going to come from. I think, I think, you know, you've got to put the work in during the week. Young Josh Onuma must be doing sound right in training because he's in that squad constantly. I'm not convinced that he's going to 
break into the team and stay in the team. But then I was saying that about Harry Kane three, four years ago. And then Josh Onema, he's only 19. Yeah. He is only 19. So, I mean, I agree with you. He's not quite done enough because he's he's got a few starts in games and he's got a few 20-minute cameos and he's got a start when he's coming on, getting an assist or scoring Mm. and just making a bit more of an impact. Um, But he's only 19, so he's... He's definitely got time on his side. Um, but it was brilliant, Fulham, though. Brilliant day out. Um, really, really good stadium. I think if anybody gets the chance to go and watch Spurs get Spurs at Fulham, if we play them again, be that in the Premier League next season, if they get up or in any other cup, cup competitions, you should definitely do it because it was one of my, one yeah, my favourite really grounds. And, and the advantage is, you know, obviously living in London, <laughs> we're, you know, hour and a half, we're, we're, we're you know, door to door in an hour and a half. So it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, Let's move on. So I put out on the Facebook page today um, that you were going to be on. So I said to our listeners, have you got any questions? So there are quite a few that have come in. Um, some showing quite serious questions about yep. Spurs and then some sort of more tongue-in-cheek questions. So I want to start with one from Sam Diggins who's wrote in. Um, who's more handsome, David Ginola when he played for us or Hugo Lloris? Well, I'll have to agree with my wife and, and go for David Ginola. David Ginola. Fair enough, I don't think there's many people who disagree with that. Um, uh, Stephen Marsh, so I mentioned him earlier, so he wrote in about Harry Winks, and he wanted to get your thoughts on fans arriving late for a game. Oh, <laughs> this drives Brilliant. me. This drives me insane. I'm going to have my moan now. Um, when we're at, when we're at home games, we we actually sit on the end of a row, and we do that because it's easy to get in and out. But there's one guy in particular in our row. And we get up for him four times a match. We get up for him probably around a hundred times a season. He's never there on time. Not that you're bitter about it, which is good. Oh, it just, I mean, it's good for the exercise. It keeps the weight off because I think the first five minutes were up and down. So This is quite funny because he turns up three minutes into the first half. Then he goes downstairs to get a beer on about 44 minutes. Yes. Comes back up at forty-seven, yeah. and then leaves about eighty-eight. Yeah. So, I mean, he's never he's never watched a, a full game. It's very game. odd. It's very, <laughs> but, but but then there's but then there's hundreds more like him over there. You know, it it it, it, it does drive me mad. You know, maybe you should introduce the old theatre thing where you you know you you not there on time and you have to wait till the ball goes out of play. But, but, but I always think I you always liken it to like going to the cinema. You yeah. wouldn't turn up five minutes in or leave five minutes before the end. I find it I find it very strange that you're not there <laughs> ten minutes before. Um, especially with all the enhanced security now. Why people want to roll up on the gate at five two, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I find it odd. It's a bit strange. Um, yeah. uh, Carl Woodbridge just wrote in. Obviously, uh, used to, Carl used to sit near us uh, in North Low when he used to have a season ticket. It's good to hear from Carl. Um, and he said, what is your first favourite goal you've seen live? Um, so his one, which he's put on the Facebook page, was he was 11. Uh, it was Tottenham Hotspur against Aston Villa 1977. Said he was amazed with the turn and, fi- turn and finish. Something we dream about doing, but nowhere near good enough to do. Hoddle's free kick, not bad either. He was standing at the park lane with his dad. Um, so your favourite... Your first favourite goal you've seen in life? That's a great question as well. I, I, yeah, I'll say hello to Cole. I'm looking forward to having dinner with you on Friday night. So he's, he's a very, very good friend of mine. We, yeah, very quickly, we met at football. He used to sit a couple of rows behind us and we've become very good friends over the years. So this is a friend, a lot. This is so, a friend that you have 
if it wasn't for Spurs, you wouldn't oh, have. Man, man. Yeah, which is a ma- yeah. absolutely amazing. And it's great talking to him about football and things like that. Now, I'm I'm gonna pick. Um, it's kind of like two goals, and it's it was a game I was at, and it was the semi final of the UEFA Cup in '71. We beat AC Milan at home. I think it was two one, and I can remember Steve Perriman scored both goals, and he very rarely used to score for Spurs. I'm pretty certain he got both. Stato will tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, but he got one, and I can remember just a half volley into the roof of the net. Nothing spectacular, but it's one of the first goals I can remember actually seeing live. Yeah. You know, yeah, brilliant. Um, uh, John Dawkins was also uh, written in, so he he, co- he contributes most weeks. So thanks yeah. thanks a lot, John, for uh, for that. Uh, and he said Stan Collymore thinks Spurs are struggling in Europe, which on the results achieved in the Champions League and the Europa so far, uh, this would seem to be the case. His question for the pod is. Is the Premiership a long way behind the rest of Europe? Spurs can beat Chelsea and Man City in the Premier League, but how does Spurs move on to that new level and win in European games? It's a difficult one. Um, it's a different type of type of mindset, and technically, the, the European football I still think is in front of us, especially in Spain. But it's it's grinding out results sometimes, and, and you've got to be able to do that in Europe as well. I think away away from home, we've been poor in Europe for a long time, and we need to rethink about how we're playing away from home. We we just tend to be too slow. I think you mentioned it earlier, Jack. You know, mm. we don't play quick enough, and we should play more of a faster tempo. I can't um, remember the last time we won an away game in Europe. It's 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 pretty bad, really. It's not. It, we must have well, won we, one after we won, after Milan. We won in the Champions League, didn't we, this year in uh, Moscow? Oh yeah, we did. So we did. We did. We but, did. But but nothing nothing spectacular. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't is the know. Premier League behind the rest of Europe? Like because it's it's the the best league in the world, right? The Premier League, it, which doesn't necessarily mean the best footballing wise. It's the best to watch because the team twentieth can beat the team that are top. I, and across the rest of Europe, you're not. It's very very rare that you'd get that. It's it's so important because there's so much money involved. You know, you, you finish three places up the table. You know, if you're a mid-table team, even you, you go from twelfth to ninth. You know, it can mean another three, three and a half, four million pound, mm. which is which can mean another player or enhanced contracts for your best players. Mm. Um, there's too much money involved. It's not great, but that's the way it is. I know? think I think an interesting way to think of it is you think back ten years ago. When you had Ferguson at United, yeah. and if at that, if in that period you were to do a World Eleven, at least half of them players, if not more, would have been playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Whereas if you did a World Eleven now, I don't think you'd have any Premier League players. You might maybe have one or two, but they're all going to be made up of Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Atletico. There's a case maybe to have one superstar in the in the team from the Premier League, like a Hazard or yeah. or maybe even Toby at centre back, but the proportion of how many players would be in your world eleven that are playing in the Premier League is so much lower now than what uh, yeah. it was ten years ago. I think I think playing for Madrid or Barcelona is 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 the place to go. Mm. I mean back in the eighties, you know, it was you'd go and play in Italy. You know, a lot of English players because again you do follow where the money is. Yeah. But but I think regardless of the money, you know, any player's got the chance of going and playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona, you, you would never ever turn that down. Never yeah. ever turn it down. 
Yeah. We've also had a question from Stato as well for you, <laughs> which is, what is Mr. Latchford's favourite sporting theme tune? His is out of the blue, the sports for theme tune on Radio 5. Okay, that's a very well... I'm going to change sport. I, I, I still like the um, Test Match Cricket um, theme tune on the BBC. I still think that's, that's absolutely... That's classic. Um, and then, you know, obviously if the first... Um, for those American viewers, won't have a clue what we're talking about mm-hmm. when we're talking about cricket. But um, yeah, that's what I'm going for anyway. And then the last one, which is not a very nice question actually, and that's from Abby, uh, and he said, "How to put up with Jack? He struggles with an hour a week." Well, so that was a nice uh, one from uh, I've Abby. To, I've had to put up with him for 23 years, so you know it is a bit of a struggle, <laughs> especially with the guitar playing. That that <laughs> seems to be driving me up the wall now. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but apart from that, no, it's absolutely fine. Um, the weekend we've got Stoke yep. in the Premier League as well um, thoughts going into that game it should be a routine home win that right it should but as, as I always say there's no easy games you've got to bring your A game every week you said it a few minutes ago Jack you know 20th compete first so you know we need to, to roll up at the weekend be on top of our game and pick up the maximum points Confident going into that one? Yeah, yeah, I'm confident. I think it'll be a tight game though. I so prediction? Uh, I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1, interesting. I think that'll be fairly comfortable weekend. I think we'll win 2-0, but Stoke are a funny team. Sometimes yeah. they can turn it on and they've got a few... They, they remind me a little bit of Stoke of where Spurs were under Martin Yole, yeah. where they had a few match winners and Shakira and Arnaldovic. Yeah. But the consistency, especially away from home, is not, not really that no, good. But no. um, hopefully we can pick up a win there. Um, shout out as well to the Spurs ladies team. Um, another truly remarkable result for them. So they had an FA Cup tie on Sunday at home to Brighton. Brighton are in the division above what Spurs are in at the minute. So we were massive underdogs going into that game. Um, and yet again, they overcame the odds and we won that game 1-0. So it was a giant killing in the FA Cup again which was yeah it was a magnificent result for Spurs and we're on an incredible run this season in all competitions that was amazing um, and then the draw for the next round um, has thrown up a North London derby so we're playing the lot down the road away so that is oh dear that is <laughs> Um, I mean, that's a bit of a worry, that isn't it? That I mean, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant, it's a great draw. It's a brilliant draw. We can see, I mean, the the ladies' team can see where they're where they're progressing as a team. You know, that's going to be a very difficult. But I mean, they go into that. Anything can happen in the FA Cup. Anything can happen. Rank underdogs. Rank underdogs. Underdogs, but to dare is to do going into that game. So that will be that will be absolutely magnificent. So I'm going to see. Um, if I can get down to that, because that that will be a, that will be a brilliant game to mm. go and watch. So fingers crossed, the girls can do it there, and uh, they keep up their good league form as well. We're in between in between playing that game. Um, how good would that be? Imagine that uh, cup FA Cup win for the men and an FA Cup win for the ladies, all in the same all in the same season. Unlikely, but I, th- I think I think I was going to say so. I think winning the FA Cup for us is still going to be extremely difficult this year. The, the, the Millwall game is going to be tough. We should get through that, let's be honest. But we still, again, got to be on top of our game. But you're likely to have in the semi, you know, Woolwich have basically got a bye. You know, home to Lincoln, there's going to be no mistakes there. You'd think that, you'd think that the four semi-finals are going to be Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea and City. Yeah. You'd think. But 
you never know. But then again, you got to beat two of them to win it. But then well, we beat. The thing that, but that's really we, we that's not that. a lot, is it? No, really. But we did that last time we won a trophy. We beat Arsenal in the semi and Chelsea in the final. So, uh, but I don't think my nerves will be able to stand it. To be honest with you, I, I mean, just got to get through the Millwall game first yeah. before thinking about anything else. And then we because, worry about the Wembley games after that. Yeah, because that that Millwall game it's not for a few weeks, but. That's that's not going to be an easy game. It's the first time we've played them for quite a while. Yeah. Um, actually, you've got good memories of of Spurs Millwall. I've got two. I can remember um, um, being over there when we was in the second division on a Boxing Day. The, these are both away games, um, and winning three one, and it all got very very nasty. It was in the height mm. of the troubles. Um, and then we went back there when they actually got up into the top division. I think it might have been the Premier League or latter years of Division One, and uh, we went there and won five nil, which was a very good afternoon. Not a bad so game. Really yeah. good place to go to. That was at the um, old den, though. Mm. Um, I've not been to the new den, and that was at the old den. And but of course this time we got no uh, no, no replays now, is there? So, well, hopefully when that game comes out, and we'll preview it more in the next few weeks. At that, sir. A London derby for all the right reasons yeah. and not for all the wrong reasons and that there's no trouble and all that because we want there to be a big electric slightly aggressive atmosphere in terms yeah. of the football but obviously we don't want all the trouble that normally goes with Millwall so hopefully that game's alright um, anything else anything else you no, want to talk no, about no I don't think so no well fingers crossed this week get the win against Gen and then pick up decent three points at home to Stoke in the Premier League but remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Gaza's top free kick at Wembley. Aussie's knees have gone all trembly. And the team requires assembly. Danny Montawa. Local boy Ledley King, Greavesy scoring everything. Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle, Lee Young Pyo. Casey Keller, USA, Woodgate is not fit to play. Tramatini, Kudachini, Freddie Canute. Gary Mabbitt in Chilling, Sergi Rembra for the win. Run for me, Nick on me, 4 3 Stout Terry. Heroes in white and blue. We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I go to White Hart Lane Lineker playing fair Modric here there everywhere Pat Jennings luscious hair Super Vertonghen Amiyachenko number 9 Nine from the halfway line Villa's running 81 Under Twin Towers Transfer steals. Harry Redknapp steals on wheels. Legend Steve Perryman, MBE. Hugo Loris, clean sheet. Ball at Stefan Dalmatti. I'm playing at White Hart Lane, Nicola Bertie. Heroes in white and blue. This one's for Billy Nick, his football did the trick. He showed the world what Spurs could do. The League and Cup we won in 1961. Aaron Lennon's line green shoes Gareth Bailey used to lose Alan Hart and Wheel knew his passport said Spain Berbatov turn and strop Hartsy saving from the spot Beach Chelsea at Wembley we lifted the League Cup Maradona 
is a spur We're the football connoisseurs Chaz and Dave's Crockney Rays Chirpy the Cockerel Mendes shoots from halfway Carol Pumbling the same Clattenburg and Doesn't Bob. give the goal Abizela's work of art Tricky Rafa van der Vaart He's got no head but we don't care Martin Martin Yo Lily White's from White Hart Lane Reto Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler Getting to the grounds of pain Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy into Equalise Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique that Jason Dozel lacked Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Raziak, don't come back Andersimovic Crenshaw substitution Tom Hardleston's distribution Jermaine Defoe, he's Cisco He's linguistic skills Scott Parker could not try harder Danny Rose is 30 yarder Darren Bent's headed wide Sandra could have scored that Heroes in blue and white We sold Sakura and we dropped Zamora Spurs make my dark days bright But it makes me sad the Steger was so bad Robbie Keane in the box Edgar David, Dreadlocks, Palacios, Stripey Socks, Everson Hattrick, Dave Mackay picking fights, European Glory Knights, Terry Dyson go on my son, Cliff Jones on the wing. Dean Richards, John White, Legendary Lily White, How dare Estrake, Who dare is to do? Clive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Les Allen, Rory Allen, Russell Allen, Alan Gilsey. White on Lane, Kazuyuki Soda, Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. Liam Walker's page three go. Gus Boyer, free kick come. Gomez made super saves, he can shag my wife. Edrington loved the bookies. Andy Reid loved the cookies. Star Wars music and some Wookiees right before the game. Heroes in blue and white. When I feel depressed, in got Janola undressed. Point won't give up the fight. Bullfrogs never quits, you can be sure of it Robinson's long shot AVB's deep spot David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup Andy Sinton's England call Michael Brown starts a brawl Peter Crouch, eight foot tall Jürgen Klinsmann's dive Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision Howard Webb's bad decisions Raman Vega playing Sega Sandro's kung fu kick Eric Torsten looking swell Espen Barson Leonard and Smith and Shivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue We like to win style We've done it for a while It's better to rain playing high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily White's and White's our name If the budget allows The anchor will be ours Thanks Dave Henson 44 if he were here, we'd buy the boy a beer Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick, his football did the trick He showed the world what's for to do The leading cup we won in 1961 Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain, I get to white hot lane To win in style, we've done it for a while It's better to aim playing high Than our football 
whole story will echo with glory.